Hello, ladies and gentlemen, this is Claudia Monticelli, the host of this podcast, Let's Talk Soul. Over the years, after having interviewed so many people on so many different topics, I realized that what interested my audience wasn't really the individual topics per se, but was how it impacted them, how it touched their soul. So I'll invite you all to lay back, put your feet up, and if you like what you hear, leave a review, five-star review. I'd appreciate that. So just enjoy your listening. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, it's Claudia Monicelli back, 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 I'm back with another guest. And today we're going to talk about another part of the soul, <laughs> that meat suit that comes around the soul. I have with me Nathan Riley. Nathan, say hello to our audience. Hello, audience. It's great to be here with you, Claudia. <laughs> it's a pleasure to have you. Uh, Nathan today is speaking to us from Mexico. He's originally from, usually from Kentucky. Have I got that right? Usually. Yeah, usually, usually. And um, Nathan is a um, a physician. He's an OBGYN, correct? Yeah, I've, I've got two board specialties. The first is OBGYN, which is, of course, maternity care, women's health. The other one is end-of-life care, hospice, and palliative care. So, Okay. Now, why uh, – I'll just ask you questions as we, as we go. Why these two? opposite ends of the spectrum. How did you get into that? Yeah, you know, over so many years of school, you're eventually asked, what do you want to do for your, mm. you know, for the rest of your life? And sure. Um, for, for doctors in the States, that's about 14 years of school. And right. um, I uh, was rewarded every step of the way with, um, for having answered multiple choice questions appropriately. Yeah. And yes, you know, uh, doing well on exams and writing great mm -hmm. essays and all of that. And um, when you get to medicine, it, it it kind of the light begins to dim a little bit because you're you're sort of expected to have the answers to everything around a person's health without yeah. even being able to appreciate their whole story. Yeah. Uh, furthermore, what about those immeasurable parts of the human experience? How much do you mm -hmm. love your kids? I love my kids a lot. Well, if you can't measure that, it's not important in the purview right. of medicine. No, my question so, was different, I think, from uh, maybe I didn't ask it properly. You talked about two specializations, and I uh, understood that one began with the birth and one uh -huh. considered the process, the end-of-life process. Oh, I'm getting there. I'm getting That's, there. This oh, is, is <laughs> okay. It's a long and winding road. Go. You got the floor. Yeah. So, I mean, well, there, there's more to it than just a, there's not a multiple choice question. You right. Know, you didn't ask sure. me a multiple choice question. You asked me for a short, a short response to a, a beautifully written essay question. And yeah. <laughs> so anyways, I'll make it short for you. Hmm. There's no answer to how to have a baby. There's no correct answer on the test to how to have, how to die. These are the two right. areas sure. in life that are that virtually impossible right. to contrive. Uh, there's not a there's not a right way to do it. There was never a right answer on the test. So mm -hmm. for me, that was like, wow, the ultimate cosmic conjecture is to how do babies come into the world? Where do we come from or where do we go after, after right. we die? And in working with both of those specialties, you actually realize that they're not different at all. These are actually two sides of the same coin. Yes, birth and that's death, what I meant. Rights of passages. Mm -hmm. The soul is intact coming mm -hmm. in in one and out in the mm -hmm. other. I don't know which comes first or which comes later, but... right. 
that's that's how I ended up. Just my curiosity led me down down this path. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Before I continue, um, let me tell you a little bit more about him. But he has a website um, for his practice, which is www.belovedholistics.com. Um, and his practice, and you correct me, Nathan, he works with men and women, especially men who will be future fathers. Is this correct? You work yeah. basically with women, but then the couple during the period, pre-period, pre-birth period. Yeah. So um, there's a couple of facets to the answer there. Again, mm-hmm. of course, getting pregnant and having a baby is a, is a monumental thing for a couple to go through. Yeah. And a lot of couples nowadays, as we're seeing fertility rates declining, they're coming to doctors like me in order to help optimize their health to get pregnant in the first place. But more importantly, if you ended up going the IVF route where you're getting a sperm and an egg or meeting outside in a mm-hmm. Petri dish and then being implanted, it, it doesn't really hearken to whatever the upstream cause of the fertility challenges were, you know, from mm-hmm. the start. And it yes. really, again, it's just about the measurable things. Just get a baby in there, grow a baby, and that's it. Well, what about the whole experience of getting pregnant, about the divine connection, sacred polarities, conscious conception? That's all sort of in my practice. Um, but also, furthermore, when you become a parent, it's a lot of work. You're not sleeping as much. You need to get your health no, dialed in. Work with. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. No one told so, me about that. Yeah. <laughs> and I know realize, maybe oh, maybe I would have changed my mind. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's it's hard work. So I try to get people's health dialed in way before they they have their baby. And if they start working with me in the beginning, mm-hmm. we have roughly nine and a half months to dial in all facets right. of their health. When I use the word holistic, I don't mean natural. Mm-hmm. That's a part of it, but I mean physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual well-being oh, okay. so that you can enter parenthood in the most intact, whole uh, form Aware. of yourself. Aware. Um, as I listen to you speak, I hear these birds in the background. Yeah, if it's not too distracting, it's just beautiful. No, no, tweet, tweet. And I thought it was me. And I started looking around. <laughs> Windows closed. No, it's you. Your stomach's grumbling. Yeah, you're, you're hungry. Yeah, there's zillion birds. <laughs> and um, he, when he discusses his... Um, when he writes about his program, he calls it the PRP fertility program. And that, you know, for a second, I said, hmm, Planned Parenthood is PP. Then, you know, so what is this PRP? What does that stand for? Sure. Yeah. Um, well, thank you for asking. The uh, PRP stands for Patience, Reverence, and Presence. And I okay. think those Patience, are the magic ingredients. Reverence, reverence and, and presence. And presence. presence. Mm-hmm. And I think those are the three three of the magical ingredients that are really lacking in the space around fertility. You know, you're not entitled to have a baby. If you're gifted with a conceived embryo, um, that is truly a gift. Like mm-hmm. this is something that we're not entitled to any more than we're entitled to, I don't know, have a healthy lawn, right? If you don't, mm-hmm. if you don't have healthy soil, you're not going to grow healthy flowers. Mm-hmm. So... Um, so these, these three little facets are actually, I think, the crux of what I do in all of my work, which is to help people remember that you're not entitled to anything. There is a lot of hard work and there's a lot that's out of your control. So let's have a little yeah. bit of patience. Let's have a little bit of reverence for this incredible process. Mm-hmm. And let's, um, let's, have a little, let's be a little more present with who we are and the people that we connect with. 
so this is uh, the awareness part of what actually is happening or what is about to happen or what is what is um you you have a child is that correct i i read it somewhere we have two little girls ah. yeah we have a three and a half and a, three and a half year old okay so so they're they're very young the uh, the oldest is three and a half uh the oldest is three and a half yeah and the, she's just about to turn three and a half the other is 18 months ah oh that thrills as i could imagine yeah. It's, this, it's, it's you're running work, oh God. Yeah. vying for the bathroom <laughs> closing the bathroom yeah. door to have some peace and quiet um now yeah. uh, you have the born free method now yeah. uh what is that because you write that the born free method uh is for couples who are pregnant and want an autonomous birth so you know these are new concepts for me so who are pregnant i understand when you talk about wanting an autonomous birth what including home birth what does that mean this autonomous birth i think it really matters how we show up in the world and how we make decisions um and we own those decisions mm -hmm. and then the, the corollary to that is you have to also be willing to own the outcomes of your decisions. And as right. a parent, That's many of us have never really been fully vested with autonomy and decision-making until we're parents. Because right. no matter what happens right. to you during the yeah. birth or your kiddo during the birth or in their early life, there's nobody there that's going to swoop in and say, don't worry, we'll take care of that baby for you. It's ultimately going to fall onto you. So the, the opportunity presented in pregnancy is to start to tell the story of what birth means, what, what, why it matters to you. And if you don't yeah. tell it, the medical system, the medical industrial complex is going to tell it for you. So this is an exercise. The Born Free Method is a course. It's an online course open to anybody across the world, birth workers, pregnant people alike, in order to start to practice and honor true autonomy. Is this, and that's the lens of radical responsibility. Is this found on your website, belovedholistics.com? It's a separate website. It's bornfreemethod.com. Eventually, the two okay. websites will be combined. Born but this is a separate project, mm -hmm. actually, in collaboration with Sarah Rosser, who's one of the midwives on the farm, Ina May's Legacy in Summertown, Tennessee. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Interesting. And um, when uh, you also have a podcast, The Holistic OBGYN, how long, when, how long ago did you start your podcast? I started, uh, actually, this is the second podcast I've had. Uh -huh. um, the first was called the Obi Gino Wino, where uh -huh. being in Italy, you'll appreciate this. Every yeah. episode was paired with a bottle of wine. Mm, and nice. I was reviewing the practice guidelines. Mm -hmm. every, every week, I would do another one from the American College of Obstetricians, Gynecologists. But then I realized there was a lot of midwives and birth workers listening, and the conversation needed to be broadened and deepened. Mm. So yeah. I gave, that gave way to the Holistic OBGYN podcast about maybe two years ago, a yeah. year and a half ago, something like that. And mm -hmm. we have conversations that are as broad and deep as the ocean. Uh, it's not just, let's talk about cervical health. It's actually yeah, sure. what is the cervix and the womb and the center of your life force energy. And this you know, corresponds to the second chakra. And the cervix is connected to the brain mm -hmm. by the vagus yeah. nerve. I mean, like we get far more yeah. in, in depth beyond the, the basic yeah. medical model um, for women's Nathan, health. Nathan, let me, let me uh, change the pace of this talk. Sure. Um, 
so we have the basics, you know, I, I, I get it. I get what you do and I get where you came from. I don't know exactly how you got there. It's your philosophy, your mentality, your eyes, your intelligence. But now that you're there, can you give us an idea of, um, I'll, I'll give you an example. Okay. I had a policeman, um, a detective, a, a detective, a former detective of the uh, of New York City. And so, you know, I was very curious about, God, the worst thing that, that happened to him or the worst, you know. And in this case, I would really like to know the most interesting case that has come to you. Now, all of them are unique. Granted, I get that. But interesting because it posed a different, um, some different aspect you had not prepared for or thought about. The most interesting and, uh, and then I'll be quiet and then I'll ask you the other question. After. Sure. <laughs> well, you asked me about the, the, these two specialties I have and occasionally mm -hmm. those intersect in very challenging ways. Ooh. Um, specifically if a mom or a baby dies. Oh, so, yes. This is a heavy one. Yeah. I'll make it short, but I was a no, senior resident. No, take your time. But this, is a, this is a story that up until recently still made me choke up while uh, I was... I can imagine. It. It's a very you sad one. A resident, senior resident where? I was at Kaiser in Los Angeles. Okay. It's a very good training program. We got a yeah. lot of experience there. Mm -hmm. um, and as much as I like to beat up on the medical system yeah and as much as i like to you know i don't know well every now and then you have a nice experience you have a you can't you know you you, you can't criticize because it's done well it does happen yeah i, I mean uh, in general it's it, it was very hard to be an OBGYN resident at all and mm -hmm. um, in this case it wasn't like a good or a bad experience it was just me reflecting back and saying i'm, I'm grateful that i was a part of this this yeah. family's life but yeah they came in in preterm labor i was the senior resident meaning i was a mm. fourth year resident and when you uh, say preterm labor what exactly is that so they were contracting and their waters okay. had opened before 37 mm -hmm. weeks in this case okay. i think it was around 32 weeks oh And they, uh, the husband and wife were there together. She was uncomfortable, but we admitted her to the hospital and they had yeah. a couple kids with them. This is going to be their third baby. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as with most women who go into labor that early, she ended up having her baby despite, there's nothing you can really do to stop that. It, you yeah. can give antibiotics and things to try to squelch if there's an infection mm -hmm. or whatever, but yeah. you know, it didn't, it didn't work. She had her baby and she had a lot of bleeding afterwards. So I was attending to her and I didn't hear the baby crying and the baby was with the respiratory team, the pediatrics team, because the baby was so, was so young, was so preterm. Pre and uh, I didn't hear any crying. It was like, what the heck? Like, why are we not hearing crying? This kiddo was doing just fine. And um, they eventually had to rush the baby to the operating room. Mm. And this mom and dad were like, well, let's get you guys over there. Mm. By the time I got over there, they called up all the pediatric surgeons and everything. This baby didn't have a trachea, which oh, is the dear. breathing tube from the air, from the mouth and the, and oh, the nose. Dear. Mm -hmm. connects to the lungs yeah no breathing tube so it's like five centimeters of color cartilage that we don't have a way I don't of replacing. Have, yeah and so they were they had artificially created an airway and they were using a bag to ventilate the yeah. baby and the baby was alive mm. but there's nothing we can do to keep this baby alive oh dear and so we're basically the the mom decides well then we're gonna have to let let our little girl die yeah and so she's holding this little girl and 
the, this little girl's taking her last couple of breaths and yeah everybody in the room is busy doing something there's all this noise kind of sounds like here in mexico where motorcycles are going up and down the street birds you are hear chirping everything and, yeah you hear everything and 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 eventually you know people are adjusting her blood pressure cuff and blankets and blah 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 mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and eventually she just says can you leave me the f alone obviously using far yeah. more expletive language yeah leave us the f alone and everybody stops what they're doing and i think in a moment realizes what's happening here yeah. it's this little baby dying in front of our eyes we're allowing this baby to die yeah we're honoring and dignifying this baby dying but we're not really honoring and dignifying mother. this woman and her partner's mm -hmm. experience of holding their baby girl who was just born mm -hmm. and now moments later is also passing over mm. so everybody files out of the room and there's mm. still people kind of just finding some checklist item they have to do or whatever. Yeah. And eventually everybody files out. It's just me and one of the nurses sitting there as this woman's yeah. baby has stopped breathing and is, mm. is dead in her arms. And they're mm. obviously just devastated. Yeah. And I'm going to stop with the end of the story there um, because there's not really, there doesn't have to be a moral to every story, especially a medicine story, but there's a lot of healing that can come from telling yeah. this story or sure. stories like this because mm -hmm. it really puts in perspective uh, perhaps what birth is. This is not, and you're not entitled to have a kid that goes to Harvard and oh, takes sure. care of you. When you're sure. Mm -hmm. When you get pregnant, there's way far too many things out of your control to be um, mm -hmm. expecting some, yeah. or to to realizing some expectation. Yeah. And that was a very very important lesson for me mm -hmm. caring for them that day. Um, and I feel very fortunate to have been a part of their mm -hmm. their story. Mm -hmm. It's interesting. Um, another uh, thing that I want to ask um, is you have people come to you and usually this is what I hear over and over again from people who come um, to talk to me. Their practice usually, that's okay, just let it go. I mean, we've heard everything. Uh, um, the, your practice usually um, gets, you know, clients come to you because they hear from others by word of mouth, you know, and uh, they have the mentality that, uh, that people gravitate to you because of what you represent. So, so when they come to you, they have, of course, they have to understand what you sell, so to speak, and how you do things or your philosophy, right? But a lot of times, no matter what, no matter how much information, no matter how much, how, how far you think that people may be ready for certain things, ultimately they're not. At a certain point, they, they switch off and they just can't go any further or they decide, no, this is not for me. Has that happened to you? And I, I'm talking about other practices and I was wondering if this happened or has happened to you. So you mean people come into the practice and then yes. they kind of get cold feet and they want to kind of pull back? Yes. For some reason, yeah. they say, this is not for me. And why would they do that? Yeah, I think a lot of people are sort of, so, you know, the Born Free Method is this, uh, that you mentioned before, is this course that really is is centered around this, the, the role, uh, the radical responsibility that will give you immense yes. power if you can reclaim that power. Mm -hmm. You also have to honor the outcomes of those decisions. I think a lot of people are attracted to that idea because that yeah. really is the foundation of my whole practice is like, yeah. listen, 
there are things in your control. Do you want to control them? Yes. Or do you want to give that power to somebody sure. else, which you've sure. been doing since you had to raise your hand in kindergarten to go. Right. Um, if you want to be a, a, a grown up, a big boy, a big girl, whatever, however you want to frame mm-hmm. it, then let's start, let's get to work. And a lot of people are attracted to that until they realize I'm pregnant, I'm about to have a baby, and now I'm a, I find myself afraid. They may succumb to that fear, fear mm-hmm. and they transfer out to you know a, a sort of conventional OBGYN, for example. Right. But there also could just be like they're you know they're confronted through breath work or through yeah. uh, maybe it's a medicine journey. They're confronted with some past things you know yeah. some self negative talk you know negative self talk patterns like i i we all get into those things mm-hmm. but it's sort of like when you you look behind the door at the stuff you've been hiding all those years yeah. and it's just i thought i was ready i'm not ready anymore and they slam the door and they want to go elsewhere because mm-hmm. it's just too confronting even though that probably is the best bang for their buck with regards really? to getting their physical yeah. mental emotional or spiritual health you know together mm-hmm. so it does happen occasionally but usually I usually am pretty selective with the people I work with. Like yeah. if you're if it if you're all in, I don't care about the the money. If you're mm-hmm. all in, we're working together and we'll uh-huh. we'll figure out the finances oh. later. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Now, with all of this, I mean, there is time for you to write black on white. Have you uh, written anything about this experience, about the work that you you you're doing, apart from the podcast? Yeah. Well, interestingly, I'm, I'm putting together a number of other courses and the work that I'm doing in putting together these courses, like clearing HPV, managing cervical dysplasia, that type of stuff naturally, mm-hmm. um, male factor infertility. These are some of the little vestiges that haven't been fully explored in yeah. conventional medicine. Yeah. As all of this research is coming together, I am going to be putting it together in a book called probably called lies my OBGYN told me. <laughs> oh, okay. Now, now the, this is the interesting part. I come from the academic world and I know what publishing means and I know that my academic speak is is not you know my nor- narrative nonfiction talk and in this case what would that lies that my uh, how what kind of tone would it be uh, would it be nonfiction professional nonfiction would it be you know a storytelling type narr- you know how, how, what kind would you like it to be? Because we're all here waiting to read it, but we're not, yeah. you know, we haven't That's gone through this. Question. Well, that is the question. Is <laughs> that, the question? Yeah. You know. So I've had the, you know, I've had the, perhaps the, the privilege or benefit of mm-hmm. having a podcast and having yes. some pretty extensive social circles and trying yeah. out language and trying yes. to, and actually really hearing other people's stories in sure. order to really figure out what is it that people really are feeling? Yeah. What is the experience of a yes. woman giving whatever? Yes. Now that's, you're on to something. Yeah. I'm a social linguist. So that's language and context. That's, yeah. that is your in. It's not easy yeah. coming from where you're coming from, but Absolutely. if you can tap into that, woo, sell like hotcakes. <laughs> well, when, I, when I have my first draft ready, I yeah. will, uh, I'll hire you as a consultant <laughs> to help me get this thing Sure. I mean, I, I mean that seriously because, you know, my, I think a lot of our tendencies are, yeah. you know, due to our past difficulties with whatever happened in yeah, our- Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Or whatever. 
I think we do tend to come out guns blazing. And yeah. what I'm realizing is nowadays we actually need less division. I need actually to find language that is going to also bring in my OBGYN colleagues yeah, and say, yeah. listen, if yeah. you're not happy with yeah. your job, with your employer, with the CEOs making millions of yeah, dollars yeah. and you still want to do good work, yeah. let's start to change this system together. Sure. So and I don't want to alienate anybody, but I also is, do think- um, yeah. The risk is being prescriptive. And you don't want to be prescriptive. It's really, you know, the, the emergence of, of the language and the stories are from the people that use your 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 services and your practice. And it's always so hard to give them a voice, you know. Um, boy, this is great. I, I Something's that, well, when you have pen to paper, contact me and we'll have you back on. <laughs> we'll talk about it. Nathan, this was uh, superb. It was such an interesting contrast, you know, this these two ends of the spectrum, the, you know, uh, pre-life and uh, the afterlife. Um, very interesting. I mean, that's it. That is yeah. it. That's that's the topic, you know. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah. Love it. Wonderful. Thank you so much for coming on. And I will have you back. If you're willing, I would, you know, come. I'll have you back on. <laughs> That'd be lovely. Thank you, Claudia. It's been a, a real pleasure. And um, yeah, let me know how I can be supportive in getting the, sure. the interview out there. Sure. And supporting your work as well. You're a uh, your delight. You really are. Bye-bye, <laughs> Nathan. And a presto we say in Italian. Bye-bye. A presto. All right.